I am Caleb, and this is the Air of Grievances podcast. I don't know how much you follow along with the show, uh, but if you're anything of a semi-regular follower, then you'll be well aware that I just concluded my interview with Jay Baker, parts one and two. And in the interim, in between those two parts, I did take a little break. And I gotta be honest with you guys, I I apologize, you know, first off. I was angry. I was angry. And I was talking about how I don't believe in God anymore. And after kind of stewing on it a little while and going back and editing... Um, before I released that second episode and really just thinking on it and marinating in it, it really did occur to me, and that's why I came up with the episode title, um, My Pastor Converts Me. Because I really, really do feel like Jay Baker converted me. Just his take, his fresh take, on Christianity just spoke to me, just resonated with me, just opened my eyes to things that have been dead center, right in front of me the whole time. What's that that old proverb? I think that Plato came up to it to where the people are, are hooked up, they're like imprisoned, and all they can ever see is the shadows on the wall. They can just see the shadows. And then one day one of them breaks free and turns around and realizes these are real people. The nature of these things that we're seeing aren't just shadows. They are multidimensional, multicultural, multicultural people. And so I feel like that's where I was at. When I said that I don't believe in God anymore, I think I was talking about those shadows. I think I was talking about the God that I grew up with. And the thing that stood out to me the most about my interview with Jay was when he quoted Tillich and he said, What is God? God is the God that's there when the God that you've known, and I think I interjected the God... um, the you made up for yourself, and he corrected the God that uh, that maybe people handed to you, when that God has disappeared, is no longer real to you. That man in the sky is no longer real to you. And you have this, this huge change of heart, this huge mind-blowing experience, and you realize, I can't label God I can't hardly wrap my head around God. I can't hardly say for certain that there is a God if God is the correct term for that energy, for that source, for that subject. To uh, to borrow a little bit of terminology from both Tillich and Pete Rollins, <laughs> and I feel I feel uh, I feel comfortable saying Pete. Rollins instead of Peter Rollins because Jay and Pete are best friends and um, 
Just a little bit of a spoiler alert. I don't want to give away too much here, but I have been in contact with Peter Rollins um, just online about potentially doing a Skype interview with him. And along with that, I do still plan on trying to do an interview with uh, Ben, Ben Zulsdorf, the old youth minister from my parents' church. Uh, And I do also plan on doing an interview with my good, good friend from college, Zenon Garcia, who has quite a story of his own, quite a story of his own, as far as, uh, you know, coming back to the faith. That's what really speaks to me, you guys. That's what really speaks to me, because that's what I can relate with, is going through a time of pushing against and of doubt. That's the word, doubt. And turning your back on God. And then you just glance over your shoulder And there God is. You may not be able to define him or draw him on a piece of paper or explain him. But what I think that you can do is experience him. And I think I may have mentioned this before. I I do really, really want to get involved more and more with revolution, maybe just starting out organizing events like going to soup kitchens. Um, I'm going to say this on the air, so I have to, I have to keep myself accountable to it. But I'd like to make uh, some revolution T-shirts. Back when back when I played in a bunch of bands back in Bowling Green, Kentucky, whenever we would make T-shirts for the bands. What we would do is just get uh, monochromatic t-shirts, the cheapest we could find, and then we would home make a stencil like out of some cardboard, get some spray paint, and then spray paint on front of the shirt, uh, you know, the name of the band or a logo or a catchphrase or something like that. And so I think that would be a great idea. Uh, for for some revolution t-shirts, just to kind of get the word out there more. As you may have guessed, and as you may have picked up on in uh, prior conversations, especially the one with Jay, and maybe a few episodes before that, revolution is is dwindling. And a part of me wonders if that has anything to do with the fact that we are, uh, I've heard, that we're in the liberal Bible Belt here, and so we we don't really stand out. We don't really uh, you know stick out like a sore thumb, like I said on the previous episode. We're not one of a kind, I guess is an, is another way to put it. So today uh, I just want to do a quick mini episode, just kind of following up with my interviews with Jay, um, and I wanted to address fundamentalists, and I more. I'm not just saying this, guys. I'm more than welcome you to please, please respond to me. Please give me some feedback. You can go to airofgrievances, one word, at gmail.com and shoot me an email. I think the easiest way would be to call my voicemail, 612 460 
364. Again, 612-460-0364. And I know last episode I promised that I would find out if that spells anything, but I guess I've been slacking. Guess I've been slacking. And the good news is, this is great. For me, this is great news. And maybe for you, the, the listener, if you're emotionally attached to me and my mood swings at all, I'm in a great mood. I'm in a much better mood. Um, I'll be totally honest with you. On the way to work the other night, you know, I'm a, I'm a Southerner. I'm not used to this Minnesota driving. And I hit a patch of black ice coming off of the interstate, off the off-ramp. And I just lost control. You know, I got the automatic pump brakes in my car, slammed on the brakes, and just lost control, and uh, blew a tire, did a little bit of damage to the side of the car, thanks to the median. Thanks, Thank God I didn't end up in a ditch. Um, but, uh, so I ended up having my have my car impounded which guys cost me near 400 bucks and I want to say this about Jay right after revolution service this past week without a question without any qualifiers without any interrogation He offered to immediately give me a ride to the impound lot to get my car out. Not only that, the impound lot only accepts cash. And so I stopped by the ATM and pulled out what I hoped and prayed would be enough money to get my car out of the lot from behind the gate. And, well, it didn't end up being enough. And so Jay... Jay I love Jay Without a second thought He opened up the revolution uh, tote bag And he just pulled out cash And he handed it to me Without any question He handed it to me and he said Here, use this to get your car out And he hung around with me for a few hours while I waited for the tow truck to show up because with my insurance, it has to be towed to a different lot so that it is covered up to my deductible. And Jay had things to do that night. He had family things to do. Like he said, he has kids. He had to get back to his wife and to his kids. But without a question... He sat there and waited on me to figure things out. To me, that's Christ, you guys. That's the image of Christ. And as Jay said so eloquently, Christ came to remind us, to pull us back, to step back and say, hey, we've lost sight of what God is. Let me show you. Let me show you how to treat others, the the less fortunate, those in need, our friends and our enemies. 
our neighbors, and the people on the other side of the road. And Jay just... I almost broke into tears, you guys. It just... Without a question, Jay just helped me out and, and, and gave me that money. I can't thank him enough. And so, yeah, like I was saying, I, uh, I jotted down some ideas the other night that I'd like to share with you. Uh, once again, this will probably be a little mini episode. This is kind of a wrap up from, uh, from my episode with Jay Baker. Hopefully next week. We'll get back into the swing of things, and I'll play some YouTube clips, some audio pulls, maybe even a Pop Goes the Doctrine segment. Who knows? Maybe a Jay Baker segment. Uh, He and I have been texting back and forth about doing Q&A with Jay. Speaking of which, if you have a question for Jay, feel free to either leave that on his Facebook Uh, Or you can feel free to give me a call up here at the voicemail with your question for Jay. I promise I will not play it on a podcast without Jay on it. And that number again is one. I know (laughs) with cell phones, people aren't used to dialing one. I I get a kick out of that. Uh, (laughs) People, millennials, which I guess I kind of qualify as a millennial almost being 30, but millennials are so used to just typing in the number without one. They're so, uh, so alienated from the rotary phone from the, you know, call the operator, Alice, get me Andy Griffith. But, uh, (laughs) the number, which I'm not sure if you do or do not need the one on your cell phone, but if you're calling from a rotary phone, click, 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 click. That's my sound effects. Um, then the number is 612-460-0364. It'll go straight to voicemail. Nothing awkward about it. Uh, it, it won't ring and, and, and I'll answer and I'll be like, oh, sorry, let me ignore your call. You can call back again and it'll go to voicemail. Just call that number. I have it set up to where it'll go straight to voicemail. Just leave any and all comments that you have. I would especially appreciate any feedback about my episodes with Jay uh, just because I've been hyping those up so much and I feel like we got so real and so raw especially talking about depression and the role of a pastor and what it takes, you know, to be a pastor, what it takes to be all things to all people, which I believe is is a Bible quote. I owe that one to Awana. Approved workmen are not ashamed, if you're not familiar with that. It's kind of the Boy Scouts of the Protestant church. But anyhow, yeah, I know I keep, prolonging this, but I, I I have a little something to say to fundamentalists here, and then we'll wrap things up. So fundamentalists, in your mind, if I love Christ with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength, and I trust him, I trust him, and he personally reveals himself to me daily. 
you know, maybe not physically, but but metaphysically through the the circumstances and situations and the people I interact with on a daily basis. I am certain as I can be that, as I can be Christ, that Christ is God. He is love. He is the archetype of love. The fleshly, the to the human embodiment of God. And yes, he's a prophet, but that is not mutually exclusive from deity in my mind. And all that I want to do is encourage... Well, I should say all I want to do. I'm not the best at it, guys. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm so... I get depressed, I get down on myself, so you know what? I'm not the best at it. But in my heart of hearts, to use a... Christianese on you. All that I want to do is to encourage and to help and to influence and encourage children and to be Christ with a lowercase c. To be Christ, the body, which maybe is an uppercase b. To them. To others, my neighbor, my enemy, my the children I interact with at work and away from work. And I commune with Jesus Christ. I commune with Christ. And honestly, he has encouraged and maybe encourages me. To be strong in my mental battles. Whenever I get down, whenever I get depressed, I think to myself, you know, maybe not necessarily what would Jesus do, but what would Jesus say to me? Like Jay and I said, would you say that? Out of love, would you say that to someone that you care about or that you don't care about or that's going through some hard shit right now? Would you say that? Maybe you'd think it, but would you say it out loud? And in as much as God is love, like I said, maybe as a concept or not as an, an invention per se, but as a collective upheld ideal as an ideal God as an ideal I feel good about that one in as much as God is love Christ is love Christ is God the personage of Christ the character of Christ the actions of Christ but will God, my Father, my perfect Father, damn me to hell just for believing that there exist insights and grains of truth in other 
non-Christian practices. I mean, think about it. You know, Christianity didn't come around till what, 2,000 years ago. And, and if you ask me, as far as I can tell, God's been around well longer than that. God's been communing with humanity well longer than that. And so possibly I'm wrong about these doctrinal issues. But I am still in, excuse my evangelical terms, saved. I am still saved. I am still in Christ. I am still in God. I know that I am secure and I am sturdy and I love my neighbor and my enemy and the man on the side of the road and the poor and I show and receive absolute unconditional love on my best day and I can't do that on my own I can't do that on my own I can only do that Through abiding in love. In other words, abiding in God. In other words, abiding in Christ. Remember those bracelets? Those what would Jesus do bracelets? It kind of reminds me of that. Abiding in Christ. Abiding in love. In these moments... I think Paul said, I cease to become myself. I am no longer myself, but I am Christ who lives in me. And that's not a a permanent state of being, at least not for me. I'll tell you that. But in those moments, I experience just this fulfillment, this warmth, this truth, this reassurance. But if I say gay marriage is an abomination and it disgusts God who did make and condition through circumstances and reality and nature and nurture conditions and forms us our tendencies, and our desires. If God is in full control, then guess what? God is in full control of those experienced, conditioned proclivities. And we are working in progress to a perfect plan and a perfect form. He is working in us a perfect plan in a perfect form. And he is forming us and our desires. We're a work in progress towards a perfect plan. And grace perfects nature. I can't say that enough. Yeah, we fall into these these pitfalls and these traps and these unhealthy behaviors. God, do I know that one. God, do I know that one. Unhealthy behaviors, self-destructive behaviors, which I believe makes God very sad, but I don't think it makes God angry. 
angry to the point of damning us? That's that's not the God that speaks to me and communes with me. And I think, honestly, guys, a lot of this perfectionism thing comes from my Calvinism baggage, my residue, to be totally honest with you. And, and again, nothing against Calvinism in and of itself, just the form of it that I was raised with. And if you fully do prescribe to Calvinism, then you have to acknowledge that there is no free will, and I know that is a tenet of Calvinism, but to the extent that you can't even make the choice to evangelize to somebody else. They say there's no free will. Once you've been chosen by God, there's no way out. There's no denying the love and the grace of God if you are in that elect group. And you have no choice but to sign up for or to be wrangled into that elect group. And that totally removes free will, not only from refusing the grace of God, but in a wider scale the free will to choose who you marry, the free will to choose who you evangelize, to the free will to choose who you decide not to love just because you don't know enough people in that group, in that community, community. If you know a handful of people from a certain community, you're not going to hate those guys. I mean, come on. I want to say one last thing. And this may come as a shocker, and this may lose me some of the listeners of the few listeners that I have. And it's, I have, God, guys, I think I have more baggage around this than anything in my whole life. I talk about my parents. And blaming my parents. I know I mentioned that on the Jay Baker episodes. And I kind of danced around the idea. I wanted to bring it up with Jay because I know that he is so inclusive and so accepting. But I've only just recently, consciously, come to terms with the fact that, that I'm bisexual. I prefer the term queer just because... It's not like every single guy I'm attracted to. Every single girl I'm attracted to. It's weird. I don't get it. I don't understand what it is. You know, it's like saying, I like apples. Oh, you must like all rotten apples. No. Oh, I like oranges. Oh, you must like these tiny little sour oranges. No. People like what they like. They're attracted to what they're attracted to. And I'm going to be real with you guys. I've, I've felt that way since kindergarten. And I'm now almost 30. And it's taken me this long to come to terms with it. Why? Fear. Number one fear from my parents and my family. Well, mainly my parents. My brothers have been very, very accepting. Very, very open. Very, very encouraging. And they have not treated me with an 
inkling of difference or disrespect. You know, maybe save for Nate, but he was going... Oh, my God. I, I can only forgive him because he was going through a manic episode at the time, and I probably shouldn't have said it to him when I said it to him, and that is on me. But the rest of my brothers had just been so accepting and so loving. But I'm going to be real with you guys. My, uh, my parents just broke down, and they treat me different now. They treat... Especially... Well, I hate to call her out, guys. Especially, I hate to call anybody out, but especially one of them was just avoided me. After I told her, she just avoided me. And I told her, well, you know, I'm I'm mostly attracted to women. Uh, I've only dated a couple of guys, and I'm mostly attracted to women, and... I want to have kids and this and that. And she said, good. She said, good. Could be worse. And I just thought, who are you? Who's talking through your mouth right now? And I'll go ahead and say it. My dad was just so loving. And with tears in his eyes, he came up to me and he hugged me longer than he's ever hugged me. And he said, I accept you. I accept you. I love you. I love you. And we embraced for I don't even know how long. We embraced. And that was just the most moving thing. The thing that I needed to hear most in that moment. Because my fear of his reaction was just expelled. And that level of acceptance, that level of love and unconditional love from an imperfect father, I can only imagine, if God is that inclusive and accepting, I can only imagine the thousands and thousands of times more that God would show me that love. That was hard, guys. That was hard to say. I've been meaning to say that for a while. I'm tempted not to post this or, or to stop it before that instance, but I think that in the interest of being outspoken and being encouraging to others who may be going through the same thing, that, you know what? You can borrow this. I borrowed the label agnostic Christian from Jay. Feel more than welcome to borrow queer or bisexual agnostic Christian from me. Because Christ is truth. Christ is truth. I no longer believe in a man in the sky keeping tally, keeping records. I believe in Christ. And I can't restate it. Please go back and listen to the J.A. Baker episodes, especially probably part two. Uh, Part one is great too. But he just elocutes it and says it so perfectly. So perfectly. 
And I love that guy. He's the best pastor I could have ever asked for. And if there is an orchestrating God, then that God put Jay Baker in my path, along with the rest of the members of Revolution. They are so full of love, so inclusive. And I could not be more thankful for them. So please, please support Revolution. You can go to revolution.com and donate that way. Please do that before you would ever consider donating my silly little podcast, which, by the way, I did lower the Patreon pledges. Um, you can also go to facebook.com slash era of grievances. Uh, I have a Tumblr. Look at me. Tumblr.com slash blog slash era of grievances. I'm on Twitter. Look at me. The Twitter is H-O-G. And you can go to that. It's at H-O-G underscore cast. I don't know if caps matter, but it's capital H, under uh, lowercase O, uppercase G, underscore cast. So hog cast, H of grievances cast. And you can find me on there. I always retweet my new episodes as well as on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash share of grievances. I think I just said that. Um, But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for bearing with me, riding this roller coaster of my falling in and out of faith. And I just want to know the truth, you guys. I just want to know the ground of all being. I want to know, for lack of a better term, God. And I feel like I do know Jesus, or I'm getting to know Jesus more and more, day by day. And I will finish it off with this. I may not see Jesus, the guy from Nazareth. I may not talk to him and hear from him face to face. But I do see him and I do hear him and I do talk to him through the people around me. I believe in the New Testament it says all are priests. And so I think that goes to say that we are God to each other. Maybe not literally. You know, maybe we can't say I'm literally God, but we are the advocate. We're the surrogate. The surrogate for God here on this earth. And showing love and empathy and inclusion is all that we can do. I think I'm in a good place, guys. I've been stressed out here recently with that car situation, but it's all taken care of. Getting reimbursed for the tow. And you know what? I think it's going to work out all right. Thanks to my family, my parents, who have been Christ to me, who have been giving to me when I've been financially low. So mom and dad, I love you. I love you. Thank you for all you do. And thank you guys for listening and for bearing with me and keeping an open mind. 
I love you. I love you.